Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. I don't usually ask for a word for the new year because of the reasons I just gave earlier. But this week... um, I haven't been able to shake a a word, and I mean a literal, like a single word, and that word has been reformation. It's weird, I've woken up literally every morning with the word reformation on my heart, and I I don't know exactly, I haven't known why, and I'm going to do my best to explain the little bit of revelation I think I'm receiving on it, but it's, it's a word really like when I think about it, I think of the scripture I just spoke out of Jeremiah, which says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you to be a prophet under the nations. I, I, that, that word to be formed, I said, is like a potter meticulously crafting his creation to, to take a, a lot of attention in forming. But it says, before you were formed, you were known. Damon Thompson says a lot that, um, you know, we as Christians or Republicans believe that life begins at conception, but actually it begins at creation. And it's one of those things why whenever I start to feel something a little wild inside of me that doesn't seem to match up with what I know myself to be, I realize it's actually just me remembering who I was designed to be and who I was created to be. And before I actually was formed, before I was formed, I was known. The purpose and the nature and the relationship preceded and supersedes the formation of who I've become. One of my scriptures that hits me a lot is is, uh, Psalms 51.6. And I've spoken this a few different times. But it says, yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. You see... The, those, those promises, the, the Jeremiah one that we put above all of our kids, you know, nurseries and everything else, before I formed you, I knew you. It might be talking to Jeremiah and that, but it really gives us insight in how we are actually designed and created, that there was a time before time. My son, Frank, is probably one of the most uh, articulate children I've ever seen or met, and he, before he could walk, he could talk, and he can talk about things and he's always done very strange supernatural things and said very strange supernatural things one time my mom was on a walk with him when he was a little boy probably said this story before but he's walking down this little pathway and he stops in front of these trees and he starts to clap his hands And it's like he all of a sudden picked up on these trees and what they were doing. The Bible says the trees clap their hands. And my mom starts to sing this song out of her spirit that the trees of the field clap their hands and they made it this whole thing. But it was such a strange thing. What kid stops and claps at the trees? And it wasn't like, it was like he stopped, paused, looked and recognized something before the beginning of time. Something supernatural. And his spirit that hasn't been shaped or molded by the world to tell him exactly who he is or circumstances or different relationships that have molded him and formed him into who he is. He just responds to what's within him. And so his response was, I stop and I acknowledge that the trees are clapping their hands and I start to display it to the culture and the world. And as a two-year-old or three-year-old or wherever he was, starts to do something in my mom. He also, one time I was driving and he started to tell me about heaven and what we were like before we got here. I don't know why. I have no idea. He started to talk to me about, he was like, yeah, you know, 
before we got here and like we look like us but not really and I was like what do you mean Frank and he was like well it's just like almost like air and I was like what are you talking I mean he's I'm talking little little I was like you say I'm like ghost he was like yes but not really and he starts but he keeps talking to me about this is before I'm like I never sat there and taught Frank these things these are things that he knew before he was formed And it's, it's important and vital that we understand that truth. There, there's, no, there's no way around the fact that this morning when you are dancing, there's no way to not in a setting where there's a, bu- a bunch of people have this like self-preservation, like kind of awkward but this is who I am type of mentality. And I think the whole reason Holy Spirit was shaking that up this morning is to remind us that is not who you are. And the the more trouble you have with it, it's just that you've sold more out to that belief of who you are, not who you actually are. And, And if you will believe that lie about yourself, then you'll also believe the lie that the world is going to hell and that everything else is bad and 2020 was terrible and, you know, the the political system is all going to mess up and we're all going, you know, to hell in a handbasket. But if you're convinced of the nature of Abba, if you're convinced that before I was formed or anybody else here was formed, he had a purpose and he he, he put, had a relationship with me, then I can respond according to that and not the sum of my circumstances. Does that make sense? So the word, I have to keep looking back at this because I will get off of this for sure. The word I was hearing was reformation and I guess we could go to the Protestant reformation would give us good insight on, on what I feel like is happening because I believe there's reformation, the little bit I've got, and I, I don't want to speak out of turn because I don't have a whole lot of revelation on that. That's the great thing about sometimes Yahweh giving you a word is that it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to fit into everything. It's just a word that you can release and then let it do what it needs to do instead of trying to explain something that's unexplainable. But the Protestant Reformation was when Martin Luther, the impetus to the Protestant Revelation, the Protestant Reformation was that in 1517 when Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses and what it did was challenge the thinking of the church altogether. It brought about a reformation because people started to look at that and say, you know what? we have created this religious mindset and we've put control into someone or something that isn't the one that the Bible even tells us has control. And it starts to shift the way that people think. And I believe that there is a reformation taking place in the church. And it makes you uneasy if you're very tied to what was. It makes you very uneasy if, you're, if, you're, if you believe that the, the system or the, the, the culture that's there right now is what should always be. And I'm talking about not, I'm not talking about before apostle or apostle or us. I'm talking, or, or, or before us. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about 2020 us. I'm talking about yesterday us. I'm talking about a constant reformation, but I believe there is an ultimate reformation coming to the church at large. I believe there's an ultimate revelation, uh, uh, reformation coming to this nation. But the truth is, is you gotta know that, you know, I remember last year when the, when the word was the roaring 20s. We roared super loud. I'm thankful that today we're still roaring, but probably a few months in, we might not have had that roar quite as loud. And it started to look like, oh, we got that one wrong, that these are gonna be the greatest years of our life. Just depends on what, how you measure success and what you're responding to. But now we know as this house and this tribe, this has been the greatest year of our lives here. I don't know that I've ever felt the presence of Yahweh. I've not gotten known the nature of Abba like I have now in this tribe. So I believe that the thing that we need to know that is that if we're going into a reformation in a nation, in a church, it's not going to be met 
with just sunshine and rainbows. It, Reformation usually comes with conflict and opposition. It, and I believe it's a lot of what 2020, what's taking place, why there's a conflict, why there's division, why there's separation, and why there's unsettled nature going on. And I believe that there's no greater time that we have got to lean into the reality of him and the truth and not respond to the culture around us. It says that we were created in the image of God. God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him, both male and female, he created them, which I I love because we want to put God in a box and say he, but really to display his full nature, it's we. It's a union of the male and female, and there's an expression within each of us that he designed, and we don't need women being like men. We don't need men being like women. We need them to understand that together we express the fullness of his nature there's not one that's the man and we're better and then we've got the woman who should be better because the man's always been better it's meant that we're to walk in union as one and there's some things in a female that I don't have that express the fullness of his nature and there are some things in a man that you women don't have that were meant to express the nature of Abba And together in union, in oneness, we truly express the nature of Abba. So we're created in his image. He formed us before we even, uh, uh, he formed us in our mother's womb. And then he also says in, uh, in scripture that we're being conformed into the image of Christ. Before, uh, those he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ that he would be the firstborn of brothers and sisters. So we're being formed. There's a conforming. Romans 12, 2 says that we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind and we also have this reformation. What is this for? Uh, I mean, I said Romans 12, but you revealed it before. That's passion translation. Man, we got to get on the same page here. Yeah, y'all close your eyes. No, but but it, it's it's crazy because it's all about formation. But the but like we were we were formed, and the 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 thing that that's that's crazy about this is you got conforming into his image is like molding into his image that we're being molded. That, but I think it's so crazy that he said, those he foreknew, before I formed you, I knew you. Bef- he, before, the ones he knew before the beginning of time, he predestined them to be conformed. So he formed you one way, because you could sit there and go, but I was created in his image, so why do I need to be reformed? Why do I need to be conformed? But that's exactly how he designed it. There's a conforming taking place today when he tells us to shake things off and dance. There's a conforming going on when we meet trials and tribulations that don't feel too good, but he's actually taking those moments when sons and daughters lean into it and he's conforming us or molding us. That's like the potter wheel type thing I keep talking about, that he molds us and conforms us into the image of Christ. And it's not because we're sinners saved by grace and then we get to come into this thing. It's that this is what he predestined for us to do. So you don't need to walk in shame every time something's messing up or something doesn't seem to feel right. You're being conformed, predestined. He foreknew you. So when he, when he formed you, he knew you. And he knew that he predestined to conform you into the image of his son. It builds relationship. And then it tells you that we're to be transformed. So I know it sounds all wild and everything, but this is, this is it. Conforming is like molding, right? It's, it's, it's a, it's a molding you back into a model. It's forming, but it's conforming you into another image. So you might've been formed, but it's taking what was and forming it into something new. Transformation is like completely new. I believe that we as a people have gone through a transformation. It's not even like what it was. It's unrecognizable. I believe that we're constantly going to be coming through transformations, but we have been transformed. 
And reformation is when you make something straight again. When you go back to the beginning and you correct the trajectory, you cor- it's what I talked about, the book of John being written 40 to 50 years later after the synoptic gospels were written. Why? Because John saw the trajectory of the church and he said, no, 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 that's not what it's about. I'm going to write these words so that you might believe. He talks about believing. He talks about being the light of the world and the life to men. And he is trying to reveal the true Christ and not just the religious church. It's a reforming. It doesn't mean that it was wrong. It just means that there's some things in the very beginning that we need to go back to and check again and straighten up and correct so that we go in the right trajectory. Does that make sense? Okay, now, you are ready. You got it. Never mind. Now put this up there because this is Romans 12 too. And I read this this morning because I've always, I mean, I've read this before, but it just hit me and really to me drives home this point for me. So as you saw before, it says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Imitating because it's not who you are. So it's not saying stop being like, it's stop imitating everything that we do. You convincing yourself that you weren't born to be wild, that you weren't born to dance, that you weren't born to praise and worship, that we weren't born to be a little bit peculiar, set apart, is all because we're imitating a culture that we believed and leaned too much in. So stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Every time I can read that, I could, say, I could say this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, for his delight is in the law of Yahweh. And in that law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that brings forth fruit in every single season and everything that he does shall prosper. And I go through this a whole lot, but here's the point is he's a blessed man because of those things that follow. Blessed is a man who's not sitting in the sea of scornful, standing in the path of sinners, who's not, who's not imitating the culture around him. But be inwardly transformed. So the innermost being of who we are, something being transformed, something going back to the beginning and, and, uh, and, and making it completely new again, but be in, inwardly completely changed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. So the goal here is that within our hearts, within the very depth of who we are, that is who we are, our innermost being, the labe, the, the, the innermost being of who we are, out of the abundance of this thing, that's what everything flows. Every, above all else, guard this thing because this is your central opera. This is the mind. This is the eyes of the heart. We're to be completely changed. But the way you do that is by allowing Holy Spirit to reform, to just shift, to change the way that you think. Last week I talked about something that I said was probably controversial for some. And if you heard about it later, it's probably even more controversial than if you heard it from my mouth. Did you hear that now at the rock we say Jesus and not Yeshua? Did you hear that? That's what Mark said. Good, I've been looking for that reason to check out. That's it. That's not what I said. And it is what I said. But my point in, in, in talking about the name was that, and I said this in the very beginning, is that I'm, it's not, I, I don't care if you use the name Jesus or Yeshua or Yeshua or Yahshua. We can go through all that again. But the arrival of how you think got you there is what is important in shifting that thought process. The way I said that was that my wife is Eastern European. I know that what we've gotten wrong in a lot of ways is that we say that names don't translate. They do translate. I can go through all of my names again. I'm going to spare you. 
but they do. And the name Jesus is not ignorant or disrespectful. It's actually just our language saying Yahshua. Doesn't mean that it's wrong or it's incorrect or ignorant. It just means it's a different dialect. It's what the dialect allowed. And so why can people be speaking the name of Jesus and see miracles take place and healings happen and they can have their hearts so tender and love him so much and really look a whole lot more like Christ than a lot of people that just say Yeshua. It's because they understood the nature and not the name. They understood that the word name does not just mean literal identifier. Because if I was born in the caveman days, I could be, huh? You like that? Or you might be tree or leaf or river or whatever it might be. There actually are people named river. But it's an identifier in our thinking. We go and take our understanding of of our world and of our culture and we try to take this thing and mold it into a supernaturally written book. And because we're so more focused on the result, we go ahead and check that off. I understand. He said, ask anything in my name. Got it. So anything in my name, well, we got this revelation of Yeshua. That's what's right and everybody else is wrong. Or it's Jesus. Or you're not saying it right. It's Yeshua. It's not, it's, it's, it's supposed to be Yeshua. That's how it was said. Yeah, but then you've got the name Yahweh and he put it in his son. So it's Yahshua and make sure you emphasize the Yah. This is how you say it. And then you got Yahashua. And it can be maddening. And honestly, revelation should always take you into a deeper degree of intimacy with him. And if it doesn't, if it makes it legalistic and it causes dividing lines with other people, it's not revelation. It's law that you've created. I say all the time, but freed people... People that are truly free, free other people. They don't do that by legalism. They do it by being free. Ben challenges me because of his freedom. You know what I mean? Like truly when I see him do some of the things he does and just weep like how he can weep. And I'm not, this, I always talk about men, but this is, this is truly, he's, he is someone that's been put in, I believe, like a Davidic type worshiper that is in our midst to say like, get there. Aspire to be there. And I say for Ben, aspire to be wherever else he's calling you to be. But you see, Ben did not make a, we didn't make this legalism type law out of being like Ben. He does not have a checklist. You know, if you're singing this song, swirl. If you're doing this song, fly away. If you're doing this song, (laughs) rhyme. He doesn't do any of those things. Ben is just Ben and his freedom challenges my, my cages. And so, I don't know where I was going with that. The nature and not the name, but we're not supposed to make uh, revelation into law. Revelation is meant to draw you into a deeper uh, place of intimacy with him. And that word uh, name, just for a little bit of review, the word name is so closely related to the word breath. It's actually believed it's the same word. And in scripture, when he says, ask anything in my name or proclaim in my name, what he's actually saying is, is, is the same word as breath, which in, in Hebrew culture, breath was the actual thoughts, emotions, responses of people. So it was their very nature. So when Yeshua in scripture says, ask anything in my name, what he actually says is ask anything in my breath, ask anything in my nature, and I will have it done for you. When we were, it says that the breath of God was breathed into us. What was actually breathed into us was his nature. It was his name. 
It was the nature of Abba. I believe that when we hear stuff about his nature and he starts to reveal stuff to us, that's why things start to jump inside of us. I hope y'all are just tired from the dancing. Go back to that Romans 12 too. Let me make sure I'm finished with it. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. So this, yeah, I didn't get through it. So a total reformation of how we think. And we say this a lot. We, we, we always talk about metanoia, change the way that you think, for the kingdom is at hand. But I believe it's coming in a greater degree than it's ever happened before. I believe that if you have one way of thinking, you, it's the beauty of being joined to a tribe that you trust, a family, trusting the Holy Spirit within me as a leader, trusting the Holy Spirit within those around you to be able to lean in, not with this whole like, let me just feel around in here and make sure everything's okay. And mm, I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, Uh, that didn't line up with what was yesterday. That doesn't sound right. It lets you go, Yahweh brought me to this place. I know these people and I know the heart. And so I trust completely and I'm just gonna allow reformation to come to the way that I think without limits. Because why? This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. This empowers you to discern the will of the Father. It's huge. Let's go to Romans 8, 5 through 10. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation completely today. So we're back. Back, baby. I'm not even going to open it. This is great. What did I say? Romans 8, 5 through 10 is what we're going to read. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. Let's go back, Derek. Remember, we're talking about a reformation in our day. This is a reformation of our mind. Be transformed inwardly by the reformation of our mind. So for the mind, set of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the spirit finds life and peace. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. But when the spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the spirit. And if you are not joined to the spirit of the anointed one, you are not of him. Now Christ lives his life in you. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Let's go back to the very beginning of that, Derek. So I know these are like review scriptures that we read all the time, which is good. That would say, I don't want you to know or be able to recite it. I want it to become us, us to actually live these scriptures. It's what we're designed to do is not just read, but live. Let it become a part of us. But this was a conflict I had at the beginning of the year, and, and, I, and I believe this is something I need to go back to. I guess around probably April was when I was really starting to feel the frustration of the pandemic. And it was because it was starting to come back, not really the pandemic, but just the back and forth nature of our culture. 
and within myself, the double-mindedness. I think this is something we have got to deal with going into this new day is the double-minded nature. This is why he's brought about the revelation of believing, amon, amen, that even if he doesn't, I'm not bowing my knee to the culture. People ask me why we gather together and aren't you scared and aren't you worried and what if you get in trouble? I'm really not because I've decided to sell myself out to the truth of Abba. And I believe that his truth is that we should be together, that it's how we desire. Now, this is my belief. I don't do doctrine in here. Agree, disagree. This is, today, this is not my job to do doctrine. My job is to change the way that you think. So I don't have this title of apostle. I don't have a title of pastor. I don't have a title of evangelist or teacher, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. And if I ever bring anybody into this place, even I say Pastor Ben sometime, but I never call Ben Pastor Ben uh, just in, in every day because there's way too much in him And I've seen him operate in the apostolic and I've seen him operate under the anointing of the pastoral and I've seen him operate under the evangelistic type spirit. And I've seen all these anointings and I believe in this day it's meant to be an anointing and not a title. And so my my goal here is not to add doctrine. It's just to tell you like this, these are some things to to shift and to change the way that you think, to, to fix some things and correct some things in our thinking and not just be so dogmatic about the wrong things. And in explaining myself, I forgot where I was. So did you. So did you. Double-mindedness. See, my mind was going two different ways. I was just proving a point. I'm really good at this, so it's talent. It's anointing. But being double-minded, I feel like this is something we have got to deal with today. Today, by the way of believing Amon, making a commitment, making a, uh, 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 signing on the dotted line again with him of like, I don't care what it looks like. I believe that you are speaking, that you are working, that you are moving, that you're doing things new today like you've never done before. Doesn't matter about the circumstances around me. This is what I'm sold out to. This is where my mindset is of the spirit and I am, controlled by the impulses of the spirit and not by the impulses of what's happening around me. Amen? Amen. So I was in this place at the beginning of the year where I was so frustrated because I was back and I was forth and I was back and I was forth. And I, sometimes I'd sit there and I'd say, you know what? This is a bunch of baloney. This thing is ridiculous and I do not care about it. And it's just fake and it's just hyped and it's ridiculous. And then I'd wake up the next morning and I was like, he was healthy. And he got sick. How old was he? And I'd read into this whole other thing and I finally got so frustrated. I came to a place where I said, Yahweh, I just need to ask you. I'm so frustrated and I need you to tell me what is true. Tell, tell me what, 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 what's, what's true in this day so that I can follow that. And I ask that all the time. What is true? What is true? And sure as day, I just heard him say, you're asking the wrong question. You're asking what is true. You need to be asking what is truth. Two different things. Not what is true, what is truth. Because right now you're operating in a world here. And I'm operating in a world here. There's a difference in true and truth. The word truth is emmet. And I know this seems like... I, like, I feel like one of my passions is going over words and really knowing what they mean, especially when they're highlighted because we don't know what we, they mean and we just say whatever. And I just don't believe that truth just means truth. Like you told the truth, not in the kingdom. It means so much wor- more. The word is emmet and it actually is spelled with the first, the middle, and the last letter of the alphabet in Hebrew language. That's important, not that we're Hebrew, But it's important to know that when this was written, the reason truth was so prevalent and truth was so important, letters are more important than even the word they create. The first, the middle, and the last means that it is literally everything, all-encompassing. Truth encapsulates everything. 
And it's actually exactly written the exact same way as the word real with little jots and tittles to change the, the way you pronounce the word. But it's actually so closely related to the word real that they define truth as everything that is real. So then what is reality? Ben loves this definition. The reality of the kingdom, the word actually means that which is found. or that which is sought. That's why we have scriptures like knock and the door will be answered, seek and you will find. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. All of these things. But it's not all of these things are added and then we seek. It has to be the seek first. It's why David gives a sacrificial shout of joy in a day of trouble. It's why we dance and rejoice when things haven't quite gotten perfectly done. And and I believe that we have got to, as people, be convinced of full-on truth, reality, today, not subjecting our eyes and our hearts and our minds to the world around us. You will never change anything that way. And I, I'll preach this till I'm blue in the face because it's, it, this is the heartbeat of what the Father is saying today. This is what he's trying to relay to his people is that we can sit here and be a part of the culture and be really good at the culture, but we weren't designed to be a part of the culture. So what we're jo- gonna do today is we're coming in to reform the way that you think. And even though that was a good revelation in a day, I need it to change and you not be hung up on the, the revelation, but be hung up on the intimacy I need you to be hung up on me hung up on my heart the whole purpose of this thing is that in the end I'm walking with you in the cool of the day today it's not so that you can be right it's not so that you know what's true in the natural I have some opinions But I'm letting go of those opinions today. You want to know why? Because you cannot seek natural truth and seek spiritual truth at the same time. Why? Because they're so contradicting. You can't have your hand in this pot and your hand in this pot and think you're going anywhere. You stay exactly where where, where the world would want you to stay, which is insignificant and frustrated, double-minded. I see some things this way and I see some things this way. What about when a people pulls their hand out of that jar and says, I'm completely sold out to the spirit of God, that I'm completely being led by his spirit, that this is a conforming into the image of Christ who was only led by the spirit. And no matter what, he didn't, he wasn't born in this great day. That's why his disciples were so hoping he would be the savior of their world. And he was, but not their perspective he was never frustrated by the things going on around him except for the religious thinking and the pharisaical minds that say it's this way or the highway and he's saying no 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 no. I'm going to offend you real quick and I'm going to go over here and I'm going to be with this person who you could never even touch and I'm about to change the way that they think change the way that they live so that the kingdom is revealed through them not you and I do not want to be the Pharisee If there's anything in this life I don't want to be, it's stuck in my rut. This is the only way it goes. Because I don't want my kids to be stuck in a rut saying this is the only way it goes. And I want my kids to be free to a degree that when they come to this place, when they speak, there's no hesitation. They speak from the throne room of the Father. They speak through their spirit and not their understanding. Well, how is this going to be perceived? I don't know. This is a little bit wild for this people. I don't know if I should say this. I don't want people to be offended. Well, you know what? Be offended and let it shake you up and reform you the way that we think and completely transform our innermost being. Amen? Amen. All right, let's jump into John 18, verse 33. 
It's funny, like whenever you say to turn and there's literally no turning and I understand why because I don't even turn either. Derek's so good at it. It's important to know that there, is, there are no partial truths. And when the Bible talks about truth, it's talking about the reality of the kingdom. It is all or nothing. This is challenging to think this way, but it is all or nothing. It is truly how I talk about believe, sold out, amen, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, saying that I've made my mind up, so even if he doesn't, this is what I see, I know who he is, and I know what he can do, but even if he doesn't, I'm not bowing my knee, I'm not, I'm not going to change into this culture, I'm going to be who I am, period, because that's what I've made the commitment to do. My, uh, <laughs> uh, my boys the other day, actually, Jonathan's son, Josiah, and uh, Frank and Leo, we were all at our house, <clears throat> And, uh, and we're sitting down there just talking and the next thing I know, I just hear, boom! And our light literally flickered and I was fearful that someone had fallen off of something and were hurt. So I take off running and I'm coming up the stairs and I get up there and I see Leah laughing, laying on the ground and I see the other kids laughing until I walked in and Josiah and Frank immediately were like... And I was like, what happened? Leo jumped off of the bed, off the bunk bed. And I was like, Leo, and Leo's still kind of laughing over there. And I'm like, Leo, you do not jump off of that bed. That is so, this is not a play toy. You don't do that. You, you broke the light downstairs. It's ridiculous. Leo, you're in trouble. And then he's just kind of still has a smile on his face. And I'm like, man, this kid sometimes. And Frank and Josiah sitting there like, I couldn't agree more, dad. That's... This kid's a joke. What is going on? Don't you know? You don't jump off a of bed. And Leo goes, Daddy? It's like, what, Leo? Frankie put these pillows down land on. Oh, man, clipped out. Frankie put these pillows down here for me to land on. And I look down and realize that there's two pillows laid nicely because Josiah and Frank were encouraging the jumper. But when, he came, when it came time to get in trouble, it's, it's all Leo. Yeah. What are you thinking, Leo? And Leo knew inside himself, he's like, yeah, go ahead, I'll take it. Yeah, I was wrong. But look at these jokers right here. And so my, my son, it, it, there was a partial truth there, right? Leo did jump off the bed. But the idea that he wasn't involved, not true. And it's impossible to have a partial truth in the kingdom. All or nothing. So where are we at? John 18, 33. Upon hearing this, well, let me give you the background. This is whenever uh, the religious leaders are taking Yeshua to uh, Pilate to have him crucified. They know they don't have the authority within themselves to start the crucifixion, so they come to Pilate, who does have the authority to try to get him to, put, uh, to find fault in Jesus and um, ultimately crucify him. So verse 33 says, Upon hearing this, Pilate went back inside his palace and summoned Jesus. Looking him over, Pilate asked him, are you really the king of the Jews? And Jesus replied, are you asking because you really want to know or are you only asking this because others have said it about me? Pilate responded, only a Jew cares about this. Do I look like a Jew? It's your own people and your religious leaders that have handed you over to me. So tell me, Jesus, what have you done wrong? And this is where Yeshua is not double-minded. Pilate's asking him about if he's within this battle, if he's done something wrong. And listen to how Jesus responds in this time. He says, Jesus looked at Pilate and said, the royal power of my kingdom. <laughs> Wait, dude, hang on. Before you get all wordy on me, I'm asking you, did you do anything wrong? Like this is the fight going on here. And Yeshua says, no. That's what I always say, Joshua's angel. No. I'm not fighting this battle. So he says, the royal power of my kingdom realm doesn't come from this world. 
If it did, then my followers would be fighting to the end to defend me from the Jewish leaders. My kingdom realm authority is not from this realm. He says it again. The word realm there actually means age. So if we go back to before I formed you, I knew you. Before he was there. See, this is not about what's happening right now. The power did not come because of circumstances. Like we don't all of a sudden have power because there's circumstances. It's literally what pulses through our veins and we just need to be woken up to what we have within us. So he's just telling them that this, is not, this right here, it isn't even about all of this. The power that I operate from, the authority that I'm talking about, that everybody's mad about, is not because of your day. Then Pilate responded, oh, so you are a king. You're right, Jesus said. I was born a king. And I have come into this world to prove what truth really is. It's the whole reason I've come is to prove what truth really is. Did I give you all the way to 40, Derek? Otherwise, people are going to have to start flipping. You are right. Jesus said, I was born a king and I have come into this world to prove what truth really is. And everyone who loves the truth will receive my words. Pilate looked at Jesus and said, what is truth? As silence filled the room. It's like one of the coolest cliffhangers in scripture. You think like, think of Pilate at this time. He's irritated about this whole situation, does not want it on his hands anyways, and is sitting here like, all right, fine. Like, have you done what they said they've, that, that you've done? Yeshua starts talking about the authority of the kingdom not being from this present age. So he's all of a sudden taking Pilate's mindset from this natural fight into this glorious reality of the kingdom. And Pilate starts to get wrapped up in it to the degree that he forgets what they're fighting about and what he's trying to figure out. And at the end, the only thing he can do is by seeing the resolve in a man's eyes who's about to be crucified, ask him, what is truth? What is it? A silence filled the room. Pilate went back out to where the Jewish leaders were waiting and said to them, he's not guilty. I couldn't find even one fault with him. Now you do know that we have a custom that I release one prisoner every year at Passover, shall I release your king, the king of the Jews? They shouted out over and over, no, not him. Give us Barabbas, which means robber and troublemaker. All right, let's jump over to John 14. I mean, John 19. That's what I said. John 19, 17. Flip, 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 flip. Jesus carried his own cross out of the city that city to the place called the Skull, which in Aramaic is Golgotha, and there they nailed him to the cross. He was crucified along with two others, one on each side with Jesus in the middle. Pilate had them post a sign over the cross, which was written in three languages, Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. Many of the people of Jerusalem read the sign, for he was crucified near the city. The sign stated, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. But the chief of priests of the Jews said to Pilate, you must change the sign. Don't let it say king of the Jews, but rather he claimed to be the king of the Jews. Pilate responded, what I have written will remain. The, the point is, is that who Yeshua was revealed the reality of the kingdom revealed the reality, the truth of the kingdom to Pilate. He didn't say that this is who I am and this is what you need to, to say about me. There was something in Pilate that what Yeshua was, who he was, and what came out of his person changed the way that Pilate thought to a degree that he could find no fault. And even as the religious leaders tried to battle against him, he said, this is the king of the Jews. This is who he is. What is truth in this day? 
Real quick, Derek, go back to Romans 12, 2. Uh, nope. The other Romans verse I gave you. I don't know what I gave you. Um, sure. Yep, this is the one. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves, but those who live by the impulses of Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. Reality, that which is found. But those who live by the impulses of Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. I'm gonna, I'm gonna end, and I know, I know this isn't like my typical, like giving you every single point and just reading a lot. But this is what I have this morning, is that the word for this day in this house is reformation. And I want us to not just take what I've said, but seek what this means in your day and in your life. And if there's a place in your heart and in your mind that need to be reformed, go back and allow him to reform them. It's what's needed. It's what will help you find the truth in this day because I believe in the reformation of this nation, we're gonna have to be completely sold out and convinced. Does that make sense? Enough for you to say yes and amen. All right, let's finish on John 14, which is something we've been reading a lot. Don't worry or surrender to your fear. For you've believed in God, now trust and believe in me. You've made covenant with Abba, with Yahweh. Now you also need to make covenant with me. My father's house has many dwelling places. If it were otherwise, I would tell you plainly because I go to prepare a place for you to rest. And when everything is ready, I will come back and take you to myself so that you will be where I am. And you already know the way to the place of where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Master, we don't know where you are going. So how could we know the way there? And Jesus explained this. I am the way. I am all that is real. And I am life. Read it that way. I am the way. I am all that is real and I am the life. If that is your statement today, if that is who we know him to be, then it does not matter what the news, what America, what the culture says. He is the way. Jesus, Yeshua, his nature is the way. If your struggle today, if you have a struggle in your business, relationship, relationships around you, in your thinking and double-mindedness, in anything, finances, whatever else, it is, the answer is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, all that is real in life. Everything else is smoke and mirrors. Before I formed you, I knew you. My point is today that we did not come from this world. We came from a different world. And it's what needs to start to wake up in us. Wake up to who we are and the reality of the kingdom. And you'll start to find someone with resolve in their eyes that even in the face of crucifixion starts to change the way someone thinks. Jump to 12. I tell you this timeless truth. I tell you this timeless reality. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, remember believing is in our heart and faith is active. So when we make the commitment, how we respond and it comes through faith. That's how we move. And so it says, the person who follows me in faith, believing in me will do the same mighty miracles that I do even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my father. Now this has got to be a challenge to us. It has got to be a challenge to us. It has got to be something in me gets a little upset when I, when I think about this. It's a provoking, it's a prodding, it's a knowing that this is real. 
This is reality. If you are a believer, this is reality, and it's time to stop making excuses for why things aren't taking place, because they are supposed to. We might not be there yet, but we are certainly on that path. And this is a start. It starts with the culture within us. It starts with us not being kingdom religious. It starts by saying, I don't care about everything else around me. He is the way. He is all that is real. And that is life. So I tell you this timeless, I love how it says this timeless truth, meaning it's true today, but it's also going to be true when there's uh, people gathering at the Rock of Bay County years and years and years from now. This is a timeless reality. The person who follows me in faith by believing in me will do the same mighty miracles that I do and even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my father for I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask in my name for I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask in my nature when you ask out of a place of relationship and not knowledge and that is how the son will show what the father is really like and bring glory to him it's always his purpose is to reveal the father it's what the purpose he has within us is that we reveal the father when you've seen me you've seen the father Ask me anything in my nature and I will do it for you. I wrote this long sentence down under point because I knew it would be kind of crazy. We're to form a covenant with all that is real. Or the other way to say that would be we're supposed to believe in truth. We need to believe in a spiritual reality. And then through that, we are going to start to see a manifestation of his nature through us that is going to bring about a reformation in this church, in the church, and in the nation nation and the globe. I truly believe that. If you despise the day of small beginnings and you misinterpret what it is, it's small, but it's also the beginning And I believe right here, right now, there's a reformation taking place in the body of Christ that hasn't been seen since 1517. And it's going to start to take place in 2021 in these roaring 20s. And I think you should write it down. This might have been a little everywhere and not explained, but I, I did not know what I was saying when I said the roaring 20s, 1920. I mean, 2020. And uh, I'm telling you today, this is what I've heard. I've been woken up every single morning with reformation. It's just that whisper of reformation, reformation. He's wanting to reform the way that we think in the church. It's supposed to look completely different. And I think from that, I don't think, I know, no, I don't know, I believe. I come into agreement. I come into agreement with, I'm clipping out here. I come into agreement with the idea, with the knowing of what he's doing today in the idea that this is a day of reformation unlike any other, and we are a part of it. If, you, if, you, if that's too big for you to see, to think that old Little Bay County and you know, however many people we have in here is, is, is insignificant, then you probably should not be here. It really, it really is, you, you, it's not, it's, you gotta see bigger. You gotta push yourself to know that when we danced and shook around or whatever, it was not just to feel good today. It's because we are led by the impulses of the Spirit and Holy Spirit makes spiritual realities real in our lives and that's what I believe this people is waking up to and that this reformation is gonna start to take place right here I told you, I believe that there's a lot of places all around the globe that this is starting to take place. There are people sending missionaries to the United States because of the things that are taking place across the globe that they're saying, what are y'all doing? Are you serious? We're seeing lives transform. We're seeing limbs grow back. 
It's not the point, but it's out of the place of we didn't have all this religious church crap in our way and we're able to actually manifest the true nature of the king. And you guys don't see it anymore. You were the ones that started it and you now you, you can't keep it going. You've become the Pharisees. And I believe that there's places all over the United States. I told you, I believe one is Bethel. I don't know them at all, but their words have changed a lot of my life because I do know the backstory that that place was created out of a heart. And I've seen that manifestation come to a place where other people try to imitate it and they'll never be like the real thing because that was created out of a heart. There's a place in Dallas called Upper Room. Same deal. They started not even thinking about anything else but having this heart to just get together and pray constantly, continually. And out of that birth, this like, revolution in Dallas that there's all these young people who are really, I think that their church was in the middle of the most homosexual uh, place in, in, in the United States. Like it was considered the most like highest population of homosexuality was right there where they started. He talked about going into a coffee shop right after they started this prayer thing and a, a man coming up to him to hit on him. And before he could get any words out of his mouth, the presence of what this guy had been hidden in changed him and sat him down. And this main pastor just starts to share, not preach at him, but starts to share about the love of God. And this isn't a division. I don't care. This is not my choice. What I want you to know is that he, there's love for you, that before he formed you, he knew you. And he's got purpose in you. And I'm supposed to be right here. And so I believe that Abba puts his finger on that place in the map. There's a man by the name of Damon Thompson, who is an apostolic figure in my life, and you know him, and he's incredible. And I know that Yahweh has taken his finger and put his finger on that map in South Carolina, and through a lot of his son's other fingers. But I believe that something is taking place right here in this certain place. And I have seen his finger point to Bay County, Florida. And if you see this place as it is today, and you can't rejoice in the small beginnings, then you'll never get to see what is to come. And we're not gonna be this place that goes out and tries to market and tries to push people to come in here. We're gonna, people are gonna be drawn because of the faithfulness and the presence of Yahweh here. That there's gonna be an atmosphere created by true worshipers, people that actually have a heart that aren't up here to sing a song but are up here to reveal the Christ through their person. And there's gonna be an atmosphere in here that's gonna start to draw all men to him. So don't be surprised. And understand it's not the point, it's the purpose. It's not meant to just be us. And if it is, if we don't change the way that we think, it will be just us. If it's all about dividing lines and disagreement and this is our revelation and you don't have it, this will be us. And this us will die. But this is meant to go from glory to glory and generation to generation and be ever increasing. And I hope when my boys get up here and speak one day, they don't sound anything like their daddy. They have a deeper and a higher revelation than I ever could have thought imaginable, but it only came because I was willing to be free and not be tied down to a religious way of thinking. And I believe that today we need to accept all that is real, truth, and understand it's time for a reformation to hit this place like never before. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand with me. Ben, you got anything to add? Let's lift our hands. Abba, thank you for this day. Open the eyes of our heart. Let us see all that you are doing today from a spiritual perspective. I ask that you give us the grace to sell out to the complete spiritual reality that we're truly not just speaking about being led by the impulses of the spirit, but we're willing for it not to make sense. We're willing for it to not look like it always has. We're willing for it to not sound the same way. We're willing for it to to get a little bit wild 
and that we are truly led by the impulses of your Holy Spirit. We come into covenant with this word today. We say amen today. We say aman. We say we agree in your promises. We say that we are completely sold out to the reality of the kingdom, all that is real, and we declare that today give us the heart to seek your truth. When something comes in our face that we don't believe in or that's tough for us to believe in or something that's not exactly like we see things should be, I just ask that you give us the grace to pursue your spiritual realities and to not just believe what's right in front of us, but believe your timeless truths that didn't come from this age. Amen. I love you guys. I bless you. I declare this year is going to be unlike any other. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.